What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Alex Cunningham on the line today. Alex, how you doing, man? I am damn good. I'm stoked to be on your show. Hey, man, I'm stoked to have you. So, so uh, tell the audience, who is Alex and, and what do you do? What's, what's your spot in the keto space? Shoot, who is Alex? I'm figuring that out for myself right now. But um, <laughs> right now I'm taking care of uh, partnerships for Perfect Keto, which is a uh, ketogenic nutrition and supplement company. I think most people in the space are familiar with the brand Perfect Keto. You all have done a really good job marketing yourself. Um, and I'm normally hesitant to, to bring businesses on the podcast, like companies, because I don't want to ever sound or appear spammy, but I really like the direction y'all have taken everything. I like the message behind it all. So I'd love to just talk about your story as an individual and then we can talk about the brand itself. Yeah, honestly, like the the brand, it's just kind of like a great platform to start the, the conversation about keto and about health in general. And like, I mean, we all know that supplements are just a very small piece of the equation. Like we'd, we'd all be fine without supplements. So um, we kind of just try to keep them in perspective and in their place. But, you know, we also try to make really good ones. So, yeah, we'd love to talk about uh, uh, whatever you'd like to talk about. First off, let me commend you for saying just that. You know, like when a supplement company is the first to say that supplements are just that supplementary to nutrition, that makes it that much easier for me to stand behind the message you're sharing because, you know, a lot of a lot of companies will push their product as paramount, but that's not, not nearly the case. Totally agree. So yeah, man. What's uh? Before we talk about the company, let's just talk about you. Like, what what got you into keto in the first place, and kind of what's your backstory? Oh man, it's funny. It goes way back. Uh, I remember being like twelve or thirteen, and my mom was actually like super into uh, trying Atkins and fasting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I would try it along with her just to like be supportive. And like she was also making my lunches for school and stuff like that. So you know, if she was eating Atkins and I was eating Atkins and. Uh, So I remember doing that and not feeling all that great, um, not really loving it and trying to fast for a day as a little kid. And it's just like, this sucks. I hate it. You know what I mean? So I had a, I had a a rough first go of it. And, uh, then, you know, fast forward to maybe about age 23, I was super unhealthy. I was smoking cigs. I was doing, uh, you know, doing all sorts of substances. And, you know, of course, like I wasn't eating healthy. And so I feel like, you know, a lot of people in in the health world have kind of health bottoms in their life. And that was certainly mine. And all of a sudden, I just I started like really caring about um, learning about nutrition and trying to get healthy when I kind of started to discover that like, you know, eating, eating well and eating real foods can change the way I feel. You know what I mean? Like I was actually feeling so much better, like less anxiety, depression and stuff like that. My skin was better. And so uh, it made me really passionate about it from the get go. And that's kind of where I connected with um, Dr. Anthony Gustin and just kind of like the paleo movement. At the time, he had a blog called The Paleo Fix, and I loved it. I was following along to every post. He taught me how to use a skillet. He taught me how to eat real food and, uh, you know, just get great ingredients and like go to the farmer's market and that type of stuff, like things that I've just never thought of before because I'm just so used to, you know, buying what's on the shelves uh, or what my parents gave me um, or what's convenient. And so, kind of started there and then we got to be friends and we were working out quite a bit and um, he started a whole foods based uh, supplement company and 
uh, from there, we were kind of like, we're just very much like experimenters with our own diets. And, you know, we kind of got whiff of this, uh, you know, ketogenic diet and we were already eating kind of low carb and slow carb. And then, so we kind of just went for it with, um, eating the damn near no carb and going for it with keto and, uh, like lo and behold, we just felt amazing. And so that was kind of the start of it. And he already had kind of this whole food supplement, uh, going, it was like, a, there was a, a sweet potato powder for, for clean carbohydrates. There was a micronutrient greens powder, there was grass fed beef protein and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, we wanted to be able to, uh, take exogenous ketones and the market just wasn't all that great, uh, at the, at the moment, like there was either some garbage additives, um, that we didn't want to take, or the price was just like way higher than it needed to be. So, um, it was an easy fit and also just seemed like an opportunity because, uh, you know, you get to, you get to, to reach a lot of people when you're in this like keto community, it's a very, uh, close knit, like positive community. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to be a part of it and, and, you know, try to like start that health conversation with as many people as possible. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit on your hair. What was there like a, a defining moment when you were unhealthy at 23 that made you switch? Like, was there like a, like an aha moment or something specific that happened that, that made you change your mind? Oh boy. I'll tell you a little story. It's funny how like little things can mean a huge difference. And I was out on the East coast and I had just started doing CrossFit and I had a CrossFit coach and we were out um, eating at like a, a big group gathering and there was maybe like 15 people and it was like a big pasta feed and he didn't eat any of the pasta. He didn't have it on his plate. He just had like a ridiculous amount of salad and people were asking him like, oh, why aren't you eating pasta and stuff like that? And he was just like, oh, it's just, I, I just don't eat pasta. Uh, like it's just not good. <laughs> it's not like part of my diet. It doesn't make, make me feel good. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's incredible. Like he, he didn't just eat what everyone else is eating. And like, you know, everyone kind of like gave him the eye and he was just like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not part of my diet. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of like inspired by that, by that, like, oh, I can make my own choices and like, oh, I don't have to eat pasta just because grandma's serving pasta. You know what I mean? And, uh, that was kind of like, uh, you know, a moment where I was like, oh boy, like I could just, I could, you know, run with this. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, and then how did you, what was the the guy's name that you met up with that was the doctor? Uh, Dr. Anthony Gustin is, uh, the founder of, uh, Perfect Keto and Quip. And then we were also just working out together, uh, in San Francisco. How'd y'all run into each other? Um, I was following his blog and I knew he kind of dropped in at the, uh, the gym I was at from time to time. And so, one time he was there and we, we got a little uh, pump session together and I was like, dude, I love your blog. And, and that's kind of how it started. That's awesome, man. Small world right there. Everybody, the, the gym is like the watering hole. Yeah, it really is. And I got to say, you know, I, I watched your, um, uh, your talk at KetoCon last year and it was just fantastic and, uh, you know, inspiring to me that, you know, you would um, kind of stick your neck out there as much as you did, you know, among the uh, the broness and the, uh, you know, the bodybuilding world that just screams that you need tons and tons of protein or you're going to wither away and die. And you went for it with, uh, you know, 65 grams of protein a day. I thought that was just phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, I <laughs> <Yeah>. appreciate <laughs> And actually, uh, just for everyone listening, like when I, uh, heard that video or watched that video of you, I actually like reached out because I was trying to, um, work out on a ketogenic diet and not feeling so great. And so I reached out for uh, like some suggestions and you dropped what you were doing and you picked up the phone and 
talk to me for like 20 minutes. Uh, I really appreciate you doing things like that and, you know, spreading the good news. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, 100%. I was actually telling, uh, I went home last weekend to visit the family, and I was talking about you uh, because, strange as that may sound, because I was talking about how uh, when you first called me, we, we had a, a meeting scheduled or something, kind of funny story. Um, I had some crazy thing happen at the farm. Like we were watching my, my folks livestock or something and three of our lambs died. So I like sent you a message. We had like a Skype call scheduled. I sent you a message. Hey man, I'm, I'm dumping these lambs out in the woods. I got to go reschedule. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've, I've received a lot of meeting reschedules before it. And that one was by, by far the one that was like, oh my gosh, this is He's not. He's not making this up. You know. He's not. He's not ditching my meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was a strange, strange. Um, but yeah, man, for sure. I no hesitation there, and you know, talking with you and anything I could do. I mean, that's that's the cool thing about you and like the vibe I get from you and the vibe I get from like Perfect Keto and just everybody really in this space. Like we're all we all know, you know, intuitively that it all comes back around. Like there's no need to be greedy on the front end because you help somebody now, they help somebody, they spread good news about you, and it all comes full circle. You know? So true. So so y'all made this health foods company, whole food uh, supplement company, and then got into the exogenous ketones, got into the ketogenic market because it was kind of hot, or it's been hot. Um, and like, what's what's happened with that? Like, how how has that taken off? Uh, it's taken off quite a bit, and you know, the, it, we didn't want to just be, you know, quote unquote, an exogenous ketone company. We we pretty much go about it is that we we make the products that we really feel like taking ourselves and we kind of do it from a, a, a selfish perspective. So for instance, you know, we were all taking MCT oil. Um, you know, we noticed like maybe one or two MCT oil powders out on the market. And, um, that's when we developed ours and try to make it just as absolutely as clean, uh, and as high quality as possible. And then, you know, we took a trip to Japan earlier in the year and we fell in love with matcha. And so we made a matcha MCT oil powder and, um, you know, then, for instance, we were taking our own protein powder um, from Equip, and it's a very, like, pure, like, 24 grams of protein, and, you know, obviously, that's not going to be all that conducive to a ketogenic diet, and so we went ahead and made a product called Keto Collagen, where it's 10 grams of collagen protein mixed with 5 grams of MCT fats, so the fats actually, like, slow the absorption of the protein. It's not going to be as... Uh, much of an insulin spike or anti-ketogenic, so it's more more friendly to uh, you know what we're doing on a ketogenic diet. Absolutely, um, yeah, man. Let's just let's just dive into some of the different products, you know, because like I want to like like we preface it in the first place, you know, diet, nutrition, or everything. But I'm all about kind of finding that edge, and I do like y'all's products, and I've used the MCT powder. I used to use uh, the Quest MCT powder, which which I like too. They've got a good product. But one thing that I noticed with y'all's, and the reason I switched is because Yours is even cleaner with regard to, you know, the, the trace carbs that are in your powder. Totally. And then actually that just going beyond what's on the nutrition label, what I found getting into the supplement in- industry is just kind of how, how like, I don't know how shady it is. You know, when, when we were first uh, making products, um, you know, the manufacturers would send it to us and we'd get it tested by a third party lab and there'd be these little bit of uh, emulsifiers and flow agents We'd be like, whoa, 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 you know, we didn't, that's, we didn't request those to be in there. And the manufacturer would be like, yeah, you know, like that's helps clean the machines and helps it helps it run smoother and stuff like that. So we ended up actually having to pay extra money for them to include fewer ingredients. And those are things that like, 
are not required to be on the nutrition label, but will certainly cause, you know, GI distress. And it makes me think back to like my high school days, like eating protein powder and it just, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling awful, you know, like having it just be like the chore where I, where I'm like, oh, down the hatch, get this protein powder down. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just like a, a crazy eye opening experience for me. Yeah, I have to. I think people are kind of ignorant to how unpure so many of the different you know supplements out there are, um, especially the protein powders. The protein powders. I mean, you can have like ninety percent filler with ten percent protein powder, and it, that that be the, more the norm than the exception to the norm. Um, totally. But what what's uh like what what's it been like starting and running a supplement company in the ketogenic space? Like how's Let's just talk business for a second. I love business, man. I'll dive into the, the weeds Let's of the year. So, like, what does that process look like? I think it's all about trying to, like, provide value. Like, that's definitely the starting point. And it starts with, at least at least in my experience, I, I have very limited experience, but it just always starts with, you know, thinking about, like, what, what problems are we trying to solve, uh, that type of thing. And usually it starts with solving my own problems or little gaps that, that I find. Um, and then when it comes to like serving, serving our customers, like it seems like it's always how to start. Like, how do I start this ketogenic diet? Like there's so much information. There's so much, uh, supplements out there. Um, and so really we tried to just gear it all of our, you know, content and blogs on the website, um, and recipes. Um, we just try to make it as accessible as possible because, Really, it's just that starting point that is the ultimate uh, roadblock um, for folks. And it was for me. I remember, uh, you know, trying to start keto and I quit like in day two and then had to start again two days later. And, um, you know, then the first week I was just eating like insane amounts of protein. Like I was going to all you can eat steakhouses and stuff like that, thinking that I was in ketosis and I wasn't testing and stuff like that. So basically, like had to make all the the errors uh, ourselves to... Mm -hmm. Um, kind of just like tackle that problem of like how to start the ketogenic diet and how to do it in, and then once you once you start how to eat in eat a healthy ketogenic diet you know like I've eaten a very low quality ketogenic diet and I feel like that's something that we don't talk about enough is like it's all it's still all about eating whole foods and high quality fats and especially if it's like um, you know you're eating such a huge amount of your nutrition from fats like it's got to be high quality so um, that's kind of like the thinking and like the experience that went into it. And then that's kind of how we geared all of our business strategy was to um, solve those problems and, you know, kind of just let the chips fall where they may after that, but use that as our North star. When did y'all, when did y'all launch? We launched Thanksgiving 2016. So we are about 14 months old. That's insane, man. That's like incredible growth. It's been it's been a, a crazy wild ride in in the keto space for sure. Like it's been fun like getting to uh, know you and know uh, you know all the cool people in the keto space because things have changed so much from six months ago and nine months ago. Like everyone has um, platforms that are growing and and you know content that's improving and it's just it's really awesome. What has been the the biggest thing for y'all from like a like a marketing perspective? Like what's what's been the catalyzing factor? You think? What's been big from a marketing perspective? I think it's been the fact that, you know, 
we really prioritize writing helpful blogs. And so, you know, when people search, uh, you know, what is the ketogenic diet, or maybe they search, um, you know, Atkins versus keto, um, usually our blogs are showing up very high because Google prioritizes um, posts that are providing finality. And so, um, you know, we want to write great content and we want it to provide finality. You know, we want people to search, you know, ketosis versus Atkins, and then they read our article and they go, oh, that was super helpful. Like, I'm, I'm good to go. I understand the differences now. So that's been a huge part of, you know, just like how we're getting the word out there is, is by writing um, what we think is like the best, the best stuff out there. Or at yeah. least that's what we sh- we always shoot for them. <laughs> no, that's, always, that's, uh, that's good. Finding, that's good. Finding holes. Going like being able to go to a a business or a brand that sells a product, but be first inundated with information, quality, you know, facts and tools that you can use, as opposed to just the next line of supplements. You know, being able to look at your website as a resource. I mean, that's huge, man. Like you're adding value beyond what you just would you know have available to purchase. I also just thought of one more thing is I think, um, you know, Dr. Gustin knocked it out of the park with just how the the look of the Perfect Keto um, logo and, and the canisters are, you know, they're not, they're not masculine, they're not feminine. I talked to literally bodybuilders and grandmas in the same day and we're all using the same products and it, it, it kind of just like looks friendly and it looks accessible and I think it just matches, you know, what what we're going for. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm really about to go into the weeds now because I'm curious from a selfish perspective here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to redo the way my website looks and I'm going to try and add a lot more um, value from like a resource perspective. And I want to like this year mostly just pick a topic and dive into it and be like the, the leading resource for that any given topic. Um, so when when you are writing your, your blog post, like are you putting a lot of emphasis on like SEO or like how do y'all go about, um, you know, from start to finish kind of what's like the process behind picking your content and, and doubling down that to provide value? Absolutely. So there's tools that you can use. Uh, I know we use Ahrefs and you can kind of put in search terms and see what folks are looking for. Um, what are they searching for the most? And then you can also see what are folks uh, or like what, what search terms are, are difficult to rank for. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a little bit, so then you have like these huge lists of topics and, and uh, rankings and stuff like that. And then it becomes a little bit of an art form. Like, um, you know, am I going to write something that, uh, you know, tons of people are searching for, or am I going to write something that um, I feel like we can rank really well for? And then the, the kicker on that is like, we're only going to write things that we feel competent in writing. You know what I mean? So a lot of times like we have, um, you know, topics and then the process is I have to go learn about it <laughs> more before I start writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of the process, the, the filter that it goes through is, you know, what's, um, what are people looking for? Um, what's hard to rank for? And then what are we, you know, capable of writing a great post about? Very cool, very cool. I've, I've thought about getting Ahrefs. I've had a couple of people recommend that to me as a keyword tool. So you recommend it as well? Absolutely. And just, you know, sometimes you just get a pulse of things like of uh, what are topics that maybe in the keto world we're not talking about enough, but people are really interested in knowing about. Mm-hmm. And for instance, like, uh, it seems like 
women's hormones is a is a really um, desired topic to talk about, but no one really has great information on it. And so that's uh, I think that's a space that like um, you know is, is ready for for someone to to tackle it and back it up with you know the most current research. And that's also the interesting thing is like keto is so new um, that you know we have all we have to go on is is the research that's available and so we just have to keep like refining and iterating and you know you know keeping an open mind yeah yeah i agree there's and the 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 more science that comes out the more research the more experiences that come out the the more the opportunity to kind of dive in those rabbit holes will you know be so it's exciting to be in this space now because we're all kind of like guinea pigs in a sense exactly what about uh, so so what what is your role with the company exactly Oh boy, it's changed quite a bit because, you know, at the beginning we were kind of just, you know, waking up in the morning and going to coffee shops and, you know, we were making the initial website and we were writing uh, blog posts and we were working on creating the first couple products and stuff like that. So um, it was kind of just the first, the first like six months was all just about like creating the company, like all the, all the resources, all the processes and stuff like that. It was, it was eye opening. It's like, you know, you assume that when you're working for a company, there's going to be like all these resources. But then when it, when you start one, it's like, holy crap, like there is nothing here. We're like we got just got to like, you know, start rocking and rolling. So um, then once we kind of got to a point where we were able to scale a little bit more, we were hiring uh, um, more employees. And I, my, my role has kind of uh, drifted into being uh, in charge of partnerships and just, you know, growing the uh, affiliate program and uh, I'm just like so thrilled. Sometimes I have to pinch myself because literally what I get to do is just like talk with cool folks like you and, um, you know, make relationships and just kind of try to be the um, uh, the mouth and the motor of the company and, and just try to, you know, take things as high as they can go and, and have fun with it. That's awesome, man. That's a, it's a cool place to be. And, you know, the power of like influencer marketing these days is, is everything. You know, we've taken the, the dogma of traditional marketing and thrown it out the window and replaced it with something that's much more true to reality absolutely and it's it's such a fine line because like influencers they are inundated with products and requests and stuff like that and so um i found that just kind of taking the standpoint of attraction rather than trying to promote your product just works so well you know like people naturally gravitate towards great products they think they you know they begin to like use them themselves and stuff like that and you know you provide the resources you, you you make the intro and reach out and that's about the best you can do and then the rest kind of just like takes care of itself and you kind of just stay out of the way and, and <laughs> i hope it goes well yeah absolutely absolutely um what about like the the business as like a you know it's a food part of business as a supplement business so what kind of Again, I'm asking selfish questions here because I'm trying to start this keto brick uh, business. But what uh, what kind of obstacles did you run into when dealing with you know a food based product? You know, that's that's probably above my pay grade. I I don't really know the obstacles that we faced with uh, food products. So far, it's just been um, it's just been supplements. Um, I know that obviously, like we include collagen, which is uh, uh, derived from grass fed cattle. Um, but, uh, that's, those are things that I haven't really had to deal with, um, myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, uh, of all your products, what's, what's your favorite one for you personally? Whoa, that's like choosing in between my kids. That's, that's going to be rough. Um, if I was, <laughs> if I, 
if I was on a desert island and I could only pick one, I would probably rock keto collagen because the taste is just insane. It would comfort me, you know, while I'm lonely on this desert island. And, you know, it's got the protein plus the, the MCTs and, you know, MCTs, no matter, even when I'm not doing a ketogenic diet, uh, I'm still taking MCTs. I, I love them. Uh, I take them right before every um, work sesh, you know, when I'm sitting down to do a couple hours of work and most of the time before before a workout. So, yeah, I would roll with keto collagen. Very nice. I do want to try, I haven't tried your, your matcha MCT. I'm curious to try that one and the... Um, uh, the, the the greens supplement the micronutrient supplement oh absolutely i forgot about greens i think that's um i think that's gonna be a fantastic product because obviously like with keto you're eating far less uh fruits and starchy vegetables mm-hmm. and so that's uh that was our way of extracting the micronutrients from cold raw organic produce and putting it into a powder and so each scoop is loaded up with like 22 different plants um and 14 servings of them and so man i might have to take back the desert desert island quote and go back to the the micronutrients but the thing with the greens powder is it's a it's an unfamiliar product you know folks know about what protein is if you're doing a ketogenic diet you're probably familiar with uh, what exogenous ketones are but a micronutrient greens powder it kind of seems like ah do i really need this um and i kind of felt the same way but i'll tell you what like when i started doing it uh, taking it you know once a day for for 7 days especially on a ketogenic diet i felt just like my uh, my inner machinery was just kind of performing better <laughs> so yeah it, i love that thing it's funny cuz like a lot of people you know definitely they they cut you know vegetation and obviously fruits uh, when keto and like you know carnivore for instance is super hot right now so some people are just bypassing vegetation you know completely um, and the science is still kind of up there about that. Like I, I get the arguments for and against, uh, going carnivore, but I've always liked the idea of just being able to get, you know, like a microgreen supplement in because then I don't have to fool around with, cause I don't like cooking vegetables. Like I, I like cooking steak. I like cooking eggs, but I don't like cooking greens. But if I could take like a scoop of a decent tasting microgreens, that would, that would fit the ticket for me. Absolutely. I've seen your uh, Instagram stories. You're cooking up like 10 eggs and some crazy <laughs> amount of meat in the skillet. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm going to make that when I get home tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> Shoot you in, man. Like, I, it's, it's hard to beat a good, like, fatty ribeye steak. Like, it's just, you just, hard, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. Um, what about, uh, let's talk about exogenous ketones because there's there's a lot of, uh, I've had several different guests on and we've, we've all kind of talked about the esters and the salts and everything, but uh, it, it's cool to have you on, you know, being a member of a, you know, exogenous ketone supplement company. So what kind of like science, um, that, that y'all found, like what, what's been the motivation behind creating the exogenous ketones in the first place for y'all? Motivation. I think the very beginning came from the fact that, you know, me and, uh, Anthony or Dr. Gustin were, um, doing keto and we were only naturally really get up to like 0.9, 1.1 uh, ketone levels. And if we would fast, then we would get up to um, more like 2.0, 2.5 type range. And I know personally, I, like, I just felt better at 1.5 um, type uh, type ketone levels. And I, I just didn't really get there uh, on my own. I, I know I, there's probably more tinkering I could do. Uh, but so that's kind of like was our first motivation to, to take exogenous ketones ourselves. 
And then just through the process of, um, you know, taking them, kind of like figured out what's, when are they beneficial for, for us. And I usually just take them sometimes before a, uh, a work session. I definitely take them when I'm working out because, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I just feel a little, a boost from it. And uh, I, I like it. So, uh, oh, and I definitely use it when I'm keto transitioning. Um, you know, I, there's been a couple, I started keto for the first time like 14 months ago and uh, I've gone away for it, from it a couple times for periods of like four to six weeks. And then, you know, when you're transitioning back in, that's when, you know, I'm taking a couple of scoops a day and just trying to make it as painless as possible. Yeah, kind of bypass the whole keto flu symptoms. And then I think it's super interesting, like there's tons of research that's coming out that's showing that ketones are beneficial even when eating carbohydrates. And I totally want to, you know, start with a disclaimer that like ketones don't like erase bad diet choices. Um, they don't, they're not like an excuse for sloppiness, but it's, I just think like the research is super cool that um, even in the presence of eating carbohydrates that uh, ketones, exogenous ketones can reduce inflammation, um, reduce blood sugar, increase fat oxidation, um, increase mental output and, uh, and kind of bring that feeling of satiety. So I don't know, it's, it's a, there's so much we need to learn and there's so much we don't know, but I know just personally, like I feel the boost. And so I like it. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like, like you said, all the science is coming out, how, you know, even if you're on a carbohydrate based that having the exogenous ketones, the beta hydroxybutyrate in your bloodstream is going to offer a lot of, you know, advantages. Um, yeah, I would definitely market that to, you know, stress the point though, that you don't want to have a bad night. I get irritated when I see, Something my company is saying, you know, you can eat whatever you want and then take this drink and be good and ketosis in 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm not going to say I've names, though. <laughs> I've been victim of that, you know, when I was in college, like trying to just like throw on weight and get shredded, you know, every, I would just listen to whatever it said on the label and, you know, it's, uh, it, it, we got to take like responsibility for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is, it is crazy because I was in the same position, man. Like when I first started working out, like, I always wanted the next big thing. Like I'd walk into a GNC and some, you know, older sales guy would would take advantage of my ignorance and be like, "Oh yeah, you need this, this, and this," and that just kind of becomes easy money on the front end. But people wisen up and they they see right through that eventually, you know. So if you can just bypass that bullshit in the first place and uh, be honest with people, it'll always it'll always pay forward for you. Hundred percent. So what's your uh, what's your training and nutrition like now? Well, I'm actually uh, in kind of a confused spot, I'd say right now because I have a, a little injury that I'm dealing with. I have a herniated uh, disc, mm-hmm. and so it hasn't really been getting better over the last uh, two three months. And so I just went and got a cortisone shot um, last week, and so I'm hoping that you know it kind of helps out with the the nerve pain. But I'm I'm trying to just do what's best for to recover from that. And so it's, it's been a little bit frustrating cause I don't get to, you know, go do, uh, my normal, like high intensity workouts or, um, you know, I was doing some, uh, hypertrophy training and trying to like tinker with how to do hypertrophy training with a ketogenic diet. Um, that's, that's what I was doing towards the end of last year, but now it's all, uh, kind of taking a backseat to just, um, you know, doing recovery exercises and trying to like strengthen my core and, you know, just, just get right and, uh, you know, get back to doing what I like to do. How, how did you injure yourself in the first place? Boy, it wasn't one single moment, but I think it was just from having bad form and not listening to m- my body. Uh, you know, I'd hurt my back, um, 
kind of on occasion. It was it was happening every every few months, and you know, as soon as I felt good enough to get back to the gym, I would, and I would, you know, I just couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't not be competitive. You know what I mean? And and now I think that in you know that's it's showing the results, and so it's it's been kind of like a, a humbling process, like just to, or maybe like a learning process to really like listen to my body and um, you know not be so concerned with I don't know just like you know getting the get the greatest pump all the time. <laughs> was there a specific exercise or movement that that you could tell was straining it more than others, like deadlift well, think, or something? Yeah, yeah, with with pulls off the ground, you know, I I always had a, a sense that my um, form wasn't great because it just didn't feel right it didn't like you know when you're you're doing a lift right and you're it, it just feels good there's nothing like it and I never really felt that way with deadlifts or at the beginning of cleans or uh, snatches and stuff like that and uh, you know I never took the time to go back to a much lighter weight and correct my form or maybe like um, you know consult with a coach or like maybe even like hire someone to like watch my form for an hour you know I kind of just you know quickly put it out of my mind and just gripped it and ripped it and <laughs> and now it ripped and you so <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so i don't know have you ever dealt with injuries in the in your bodybuilding career i've been pretty lucky man like i've uh, i've been really proactive um i'm actually surprised at having injuries because I'll, I'll get i'll get you know in the moment and i'll just like get all animalistic on it and not have perfect form and i'll start skimping on you know quality movement and i'll just try and get the weight up um but I haven't had anything crazy. I, I did hurt my shoulder doing like incline dumbbell chest press. But mm -hmm. as far as my back, um, my my family's always had really bad backs. And like doing deadlifts and rack pulls and strengthening those muscles helped a lot with that. Like especially working on the farm. Like I didn't have nearly injuries I used to. But I've always been really strict about, you know, having a quality weightlifting belt. Always using that when I'm... I wear it, you know, every day when I'm training, no matter, no matter what the muscle I'm working is, just simply to keep my core tight and keep everything, uh, you know, tight and tense, um, and, and that's helped a lot. And then with regard to, like, deadlift and rack pulls and stuff, uh, one, one mistake I see a lot of people make is they'll always, they'll roll their shoulders forward, and when you do that, you inherently, uh, you know, roll, you, roll your, you roll everything forward, your shoulder blades forward, then when you start picking the weight up, your, your back is naturally going to arch much more, so I've I always kind of made a conscious effort to keep my shoulders back, my chest forward, and then just focus on driving initially with my legs, and then lower back takes over after that, but always keeping my shoulders rolled back. That's awesome. But It's true. I, I've definitely done that. And yeah, it's, it's funny. Even just, like, breathing correctly can help so much with the core stability. And, you know, I remember having a, a, a Cairo teaching me how to breathe deep down into my belly rather than up into my... Um, my rib cage and then you know when you breathe it like you're like you're sipping air almost and it, and it goes down into your, the bottom of your belly and you feel all your core muscles engage it's like oh that's what keeping your core tight mean it means <laughs> yeah yeah and there's there's you can take it like to a whole other level like when i'm doing a deadlift or a squat i'll i'll try and like hyperventilate basically a few you know really deep breaths quick short deep breaths uh um right before i you know prefer, prefer perform the movement just simply to fill my my blood full of oxygen and then i'll hold my breath while i'm actually performing the movement so that my there's air uh you know in my in my gut and diaphragm to keep the belt tight around me as opposed to letting that air out and, and losing that pressure that's awesome but all kinds of tips and tricks man um 
So what, what about your nutrition? Are you keto now or are you on one of those four to six week carb cycles? Uh, I'm keto now. And, you know, I, I went off for a couple of weeks just because I was going to be uh, traveling to the East Coast and being with family and stuff like that. And sometimes I just feel like it's kind of like nice to change it up. But every time I do change it up and go back to eating carbs and, you know, even if it's clean carbs, um, I always miss, you know, the feeling of being in ketosis. And so um, I got back on it for, for keto January and boy, it just feels really good. Like the clarity is just, <laughs> it's unmistakable, um, you know, once it, once it hits. So um, I think I'll always, you know, keep coming back to it. I agree, man. I, I, it honestly scares me. Like I haven't been out of ketosis in the three, three and a half years that I've been in ketosis. So I don't know what Ooh. my body would respond like if I just ate a bunch of pasta one day. But every all of my clients, I'll talk with them and they'll be like, yeah, I binged today. And I'm like, oh, man, how do you feel? And they're like, oh, I feel like crap. <laughs> like, I don't want to try that. <laughs> you know, It's not worth it. Yeah, we should put you in like a hyperbaric chamber and like, you know, introduce this foreign toxic substance of carbohydrate and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I would be curious to like, have some of these tests done on them and like get like a muscle core sample or something just to see because like when you're adapted for three years i mean your mitochondria like everything changes like you've been adapted for so long that your body's become just so incredibly efficient at using ketones as a fuel source that i think I don't know, it'd, it'd be cool to see from a uh, you know a cellular level what differences exist absolutely i think that's fascinating about how like your cells literally upregulate the the metabolic machinery to uh, use ketones. And so, um, I always thought it was fascinating too, that like, you know, I'm testing my blood ketone levels and apparently like once your, uh, your body upregulates, uh, your monocarboxylic acid transporters and is able to uptake more ketones into your cells, then you may have a lower baseline of blood ketone levels than you would say in like your first week or two of, of keto, you know, coming from a standard American diet. So, um, absolutely. You know, is remarkable like there's just the body is just so much smarter than you know i'll ever be so it's it's just fun to learn <laughs> it's smarter than anybody will ever be but yeah that's a, that's a really good point like some people you know they'll they'll oftentimes have really high you know blood levels um, when they first start and then those will stay elevated for you know several months usually but like mine now are lower as a baseline than they've ever been i mean it's 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 rare for mine to be above one unless i'm doing some kind of crazy manipulation with my macros i found that when you, whenever I switch my macros pretty drastically, always keto, but switch them pretty drastically, I'll have like a, an uptick in blood ketones for like a, a month or so, but then hmm. they always regulate and they tend to stay, you know, below one. Awesome. What, uh, what macros are you doing right now and what kind of, uh, stage are you in of, uh, of your bodybuilding cycles? So I'm doing, um, right now I'm at about 80% fat. I tend to stay at around 80% fat and, I want to say my grams are somewhere around like 240, 250 fat and like 140 protein or so. And then I stay under 20 grams of carbs uh, for the day. But I'm trying to do something different with my off-season. I want to uh, always stay at a surplus but cycle the degree of that surplus every few months. So kind of like taper up to 3,000 and taper back down to 2,500 calories and just keep cycling that around. Because 2,500 calories is more or less my baseline, uh, my maintenance level. But... I don't want to stay at a consistent 3,000 because then you'll inevitably gain a little unnecessary body fat. So I kind of want to cycle the surplus, if that makes sense. Gotcha. I thought it was super interesting that you said doing the 4,000 calories for eight weeks only uh, only added like 1% body fat. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Like, And especially, you know, I did that whole 21-day challenge because I wanted to see 
from a bodybuilding perspective, you know, immediately post-show, would I suffer the negative rebound that most competitors deal with, you know, after they get out such a low deficit and start binging on foods? And I didn't have near the negative side effect. Like, in, in previous years, before I was keto, I would gain 20 pounds in 36 hours, whereas with this, I gained 8 pounds over the course of 21 days, but I only gained, like, 1.25% body fat, I think, and all of my blood work, like, drastically improved. So it was interesting. That's awesome. Very interesting. Um, well, shoot, man, what's, uh, what, what do you have going on that's, um, what's the next big new and exciting thing for you? New exciting thing for me, we are moving to Austin, Texas, so that's going to be next week, and, you know, going to be crushing barbecue, that's for sure, and, uh, Think, I think the most exciting thing is just how keto is, it, it feels like it's at that tipping point. Like it's certainly overtaken paleo is the most searched, um, or I don't know, maybe not most searched diet, diet term, but it's it's more searched than paleo. But it just feels like it's at this tipping point with, you know, the turn of the new year, all this interest. Um, and it, it just feels like it's going to be a huge 2018. So um, I'm stoked to be in Austin and kind of just ride the wave and, and see what happens. Like, I wish I had, uh, you know, a better, uh, thing to say like, Oh yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're doing this major thing at this point, but, uh, really we're just, uh, you know, trying to just keep laying the groundwork and, and let keto uh, take off and try to just be facilitators of that. No, man, that's, that's awesome. Um, do you, do you feel like, like we're nearing the, the, the high point of keto and the interest render, or do you think we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg? Boy, I think I think it's just the tip. It's just it's just the beginning. The way I would describe it is, I feel like this is the end of the beginning. <laughs> okay, yeah. So kind of more I mean? mainstream going forward. Not maybe not quite as much hype in like the tight community, but more mainstream. Yep, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of folks that um, you know try it and treat it as a fad diet because you know they're going to try it and it's not going to go so well for them and maybe they won't persist and it, it'll just kind of like they'll see it as a fad, um, you know, if they, if they take that route. Um, but then there's also going to be this extreme longevity to this, um, this way of eating. And I think it just all depends on the person and, uh, the fact that there's just so much clinical research that, uh, supports, um, a ketogenic diet and there's so much clinical research that still needs to be done. Um, so I don't think it's going to be, it certainly won't be a flash in the pan, but I think for some people it will be just because, of things like, you know, not testing if they're actually in ketosis or giving up at day five, that type of thing, or maybe doing it for a month and then just falling back into old habits and never getting back to it. So um, I think there's going to be a whole lot of, of longevity and the, those little short-term blips to it. So it's uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's exciting times for sure, man. I'm excited for y'all to be in, be in Austin. You're going to love it there. Like uh, the barbecue there is on a whole other level than what you're getting in California. <laughs> Oh man, I'm doing like a send off um, with my family and friends, and <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to go to a barbecue spot um, to send off here in San Francisco. And tell you what, San Francisco barbecue is just lacking. I was like, man, that, I can't even think of like a great barbecue spot in San Francisco. But ended up uh, remembering one that that is my personal favorite. But um, yeah, I can't wait to just have you know Franklin's and just at every every corner. Yeah, everything and. You're going to be right there, uh, Keto Cons in Austin. I'll be there for that speaking. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to go get some barbecue together and we're going to have to go, we'll, uh, we'll meet up and go work out together and we'll see if we can work on that deadlift for him. 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Shoot you in, man. Well, shoot, any, anything I could ever do to help you, you got my number. Likewise. Thank you so much, Chief. Well, what, what's a, real quick, where can people go to find out more about you and, and Perfect Keto or anything else you got going on, man? Shoot, uh, the best place is, is the website. It's www.perfectketo.com. And actually, um, it, you know, if your viewers are interested in trying, we can definitely do uh, Keto Savage for 20% off the whole store for the month of February, um, if that's cool with you. Shoot, yeah, I'm done with that. Uh, and then the other great spot is uh, our Facebook community. There's about like six or 7,000 folks there that are just starting out the ketogenic diet. And uh, Dr. Gustin's in there on a daily basis answering questions. We answer each other's questions. And the way to get there is www.perfectketo.com backslash FB. And uh, yeah, those are my two favorite spots. Awesome, awesome. I'll link those in the description of this uh, uh, podcast episode so people shouldn't have a problem finding that. And uh, we'll be in touch, man. I'll be seeing you soon. Absolutely. All right. Sounds great. All right, Alex. Well, until next time, brother. Take care, man.